Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. We are in part two of a three-part series that we are doing called We Are Radiant, where we are kind of realigning with the vision and what God's called us to do. We've rolled out new initiatives. We had our our week of revival last week, which was powerful. Thanks for being part of that. And uh, today I really have a message that's burning burning in my heart. It's a burden that the Lord has given me, and I'm going to give it to you today. It's going to be kind of a unique message. And then next Sunday, by the way, I don't want to give away the surprise. We have a huge surprise, uh, a big thing for everybody next Sunday. You don't want to miss it as we kind of close out this We Are Radiant series. And then we're going to dive in on September the 11th. Um, I know a bunch of our locations are adding services. We're on four services here at South Tampa, brand Brandon's adding the service. There's just a lot of things happening. Um, but on September 11th, we're going to launch a new series on the book of Romans. You don't want to miss it. But I want you to take out your notes today and follow along with me. Because really, the, the challenge that the Lord has given me, and I've titled it this, is fighting for the next generation. Yeah. Fighting for the next generation. And I, I just am a firm believer that God is not done with this next generation. Yeah that the best days for the church of Jesus Christ are still ahead of us, they're not behind us, and that this next generation is the best generation to bring revival into our nation. And I need a better amen than that today at South Tampa, at least in all of our campuses. Because I, I just feel this weight, and it's not just for my kids. I got five of them. I know that's a lot of kids I'm trying to raise up, and I want to do this thing right. I don't think there's anything harder in the world than parenting. It, it's like there's a burden that you get of parenting, and you just don't, you don't have a clue what to do. And I've got five, just so it's crazy so you understand how Katie and I work. Our, our first one, um, who is 10 now, she was born in July. 25 months later, our second was born in August. 25 months later, almost a day, our third was born in September. 25 months later, our fourth was born in October. And you'll never believe it, but 25 months later, almost a day, my fifth was born in November. Your boy's a planner, ladies and gentlemen. So, know what I'm doing. And we are done, to God be the glory. But parenting is very difficult and it's because you want to do this right. And I don't know about you, I have a desire to not just raise good kids, but to raise godly kids. And I want to give you a strategy today of what the Lord has really impressed on our church of how to do this. And I know there's a whole group of people who feel inclined, like maybe this is the message to kind of tune out because I don't have kids or my kids are really young or my kids are older. And let me just tell you, this is the time to press in more than ever before because whether you're a natural parent or a spiritual parent, an aunt, an uncle, a mentor, a teacher, God wants all of us not fighting with, but fighting for this next generation. There's a scripture that really is one of the saddest scriptures I've seen all of the, the Bible, and it's from the book of Judges. You've got to understand the context. The context is that the children of Israel had been freed from Egypt and slavery. They had gone through the Red Sea. They saw the miracle after miracle there in the wilderness. God miraculously provided. They get into the promised land, which was a miracle in and of itself, and then they settled in the promised land, and then something happened in Judges chapter 2, and I want you to see this. And look what it says in verse 10. It says, after that whole generation had gathered to their ancestors, another generation, say another generation. So, so follow along. There was a whole generation that had seen the miracles of God. They'd seen the blessing of God. They'd seen the favor of God in their life. But then another generation grew up. And look what it says, who did not know the Lord neither the Lord nor what the Lord had done for Israel. So you have a group who had been raised up and their parents knew God, but they didn't know him. 
And I think it's a shame because the next verse says, and they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So let me ask you a simple question. Is the world doing evil in the eyes of the Lord right now? Yes. yes. So whose fault is it? And I think it's important for us to understand <laughs> that it is not the fault of those who are just sitting there going, well, I'm just, just this is what I want to do. No, we have not done our part to pass down to this next generation the goodness and the favor and the mercy and the teachings of our God. So we have to do our part to say, God, help us fight for this next generation so that they can experience not just what we have experienced, but take it to the next level. So I'm going to kind of do a little focus today because you're going to hear a lot of vision and I'm going to kind of make it real broad. You're going to see what God's doing here at Radiant. And then I'm going to preach at the end of this thing and give a challenge that 100% of our church needs to be a part of. And I think it'll be something that'll challenge you. But today I really want to focus on this generation called Gen Z. And Gen Z is such a unique generation. It's those that are born between 1995-ish, that's kind of debated, and then into 2015. And it's those currently aged about seven to 27. So there's a lot of our, our church that's in that, that aging stage, but it's also part of our nation. Our nation, it's one-fourth of everybody that's an American which is, right there in your notes, you can write it down, that's 74 million Americans are in this age and stage of life. And what's unique about them is they're a unique generation because they're more connected than ever before, yet they're more disconnected than ever before. They're, they're a generation that's grown up really, really post 9-11, so they never knew the world before 9-11, and they've experienced multiple wars. They've, they've now experienced a global pandemic, which kind of put them isolated for a season of time, and they felt the ramifications of that, and it's just issue after issue after issue, and we're, we're going to address it today, but, but let me be your pastor for just a second, because I want to help all of the parents, all the grandparents, all the teachers out there today, because to connect with this next generation, you got to know some language, so I'm going to do something and kind of give you a little behind the scenes, where I'm going to give you a little bit of some, uh, some words that it's known for Gen Z, but might not be known for you. So I'm going to help you out, and maybe it's something for you to take notes on that help you a little bit. But let me give you some of these words. The first word is the word drip. All right, let me help you with this. Now, for us, I'm 38, so my generation, this was the, the faucet, right? Um, <laughs> it's not what it means now. Uh, here, here's what drip means. Drip means something to describe your outfit, the, the, the previous word was swag. Remember that? You're like, man, look at that drip. I know, I know. I know you're thinking about me. You're like, wow, look at that drip. It's making it work. All right, that's, that's weird. Okay. Let me give you another one. Um, it's the word cringe. Cringe, you know this word. Cringe is what some of y'all are feeling right now as I'm talking this thing through. It's basically secondhand embarrassment where you're just like, oh, that's cringe. You're like, you're feeling it. You're like, oh man, when my, when my parents talk like that, it's cringe. You're like, it's just kind of weird. All right, let me give you another one. This next one is sus. <laughs> sus, all right. So sus, some of y'all have no clue what this means, but it just simply means this. It means suspicious, all right. So parents, let me help you with this. You're, you ask your teenager, you're like, hey, what, who are you texting? And they're not responding. You're like, well, that's kind of sus. Yes, yes. I, need, I need to know who you are. I need to know what you're texting. It's kind of sus. All right, here's another one. I, I learned this one this week. Uh, period. Yes. Yes. So it's period with a T on there. You go, there's no way people use this. It's used all the time. 
And here's what it means. It means in, it's like a statement emphasizer. So you just go, man, I'm going to emphasize it. Like, this is the best ice cream, period. <laughs> there ain't no church like Radiant Church, period. Yeah. <laughs> Am I working? Am I working? That's working. All right, I'm helping our next gen down here. And here's the last one. It's simply this word, Slaps. All right, so, so, you know, what does slaps mean? Slaps simply means this. It's really good. It's really good. I actually think we need a culture change here at Radiant Church. You don't need to shout amen, preach, preacher. I just think you need to go, that slaps. That slaps. I don't even know. Maybe that's our phrase. That slaps. I don't know about that. So as we're talking about Gen Z, let me give you a little behind the scenes of this generation that is so significant because the bad news is that two-thirds of this generation has either left the church or is currently leaving the church, two-thirds. You keep going that they're twice more likely to become atheist, Gen Z is. And here's one more is that only 3% of them are reading their Bible, 3%. And I look at these stats here and it blows me away and it shocks me and says, this is the judge's passage, that we have a generation who knew God but didn't know how to translate it down to the next one. And Radiant, we are changing a lot of things when it comes to next-gen ministries here at Radiant. And we're gonna roll it out to you because these stats have gotta change. And most people would look at these stats and go, man, that seems like the odds are against us. But I've learned that when the odds are against us, God is for us and the the stat can change. I actually look at it this way. When you look at the bottom one, I go, you know what that shows me? That 97% of young people are just waiting to learn how to read God's word on a daily basis. So I wrote it down this way because man would look at the current state of Gen Z as a problem, but write it down in your notes, but Radiant Church should look at them as our greatest opportunity. And we've got to lean into this opportunity because I'm telling you, I'm ready to go to see this generation reached for Jesus better than ever before. And I need to know if there's a church that's with me today. Can I hear an amen? We got to be behind this. Our strategy when we started the church was to figure out a way to stay off of people's calendars. Church was just another thing. So we did like a once a month uh, youth gathering and, and children's church was like, hey, we just got to get them back just for like some fun events. And, and we tried that for a season and we realized it's not working. It's not working. And really when we've pulled the parents in our church and we've done some research for months, we've been restructuring our whole system to go, you know what, what parents are desiring these days is don't, don't get off of our calendar, get on our calendar. Like, like our kids right now, they need the influence of the church. Here's a phrase that we live by, is that whoever spends the most time wins. Which by the way, you're raising kids, grandkids, neighbors, you gotta understand that. Get the right people around them. Get them in the right places. Make sure you know how they're investing their time because whoever spends this most time is going to win. So I'm gonna break this down for a few minutes with you and the three major target demographics that we're focused on reaching here at Radiant Church. And I'm gonna start with Radiant Kids. So check this out. Imagine being a kid in today's world. A world where fear is around every corner. Truth is subjective and reality is based on society's highlight reel. 
We can shelter them, sign them up for every extracurricular activity, pay for the best schools, prepare the most nutritious meals, and avoid every potentially toxic product out there. But none of these valiant efforts can prepare our kids for our ever-changing world. If there's one thing we can all agree on, it's that this generation of kids doesn't have it easy. And our parents need the church more than ever to encourage and equip them to raise kids who love God. Radiant Kids is all about partnering with parents to move kids towards Christ, community, and calling. How many of us know that the answer to every challenge this generation is facing is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ from a young age? This is our focus every single Sunday. While adults are worshiping in the auditorium, kids are experiencing God's love through play, worship, and engaging lessons that point them to Jesus. They dig into God's Word and store up seeds of truth that will stay with them for years to come. Our kids team is the best of the best. Not only do they provide a safe and fun spot for your kids, but they also provide a model of what it looks like to follow Jesus. Community is a critical component of our strategy in Radiant Kids. Church is a place for kids to make godly friends who they can learn and grow with in their faith. We believe kids learn best in circles, not rows. So they are part of age-based small groups of peers every Sunday, led by consistent small group leaders. Studies have shown that kids thrive when they have at least one adult outside their home who invests in them over time. Our small group leaders are exactly that for our kids. When kids have a goal and a purpose they are working towards, they're more likely to persevere through even the hardest situations. That's why it's a regular part of our curriculum to remind kids that they are made on purpose, for purpose, by the Creator of the world. Through God's Word, we help kids gain an identity rooted in who God says they are and the giftings and strengths He has uniquely designed them with. We believe kids don't have to wait until they grow up to be what God has called them to be. Instead, they can take what they learn on a Sunday morning and apply it in school or in their home that very week. When kids see the power they have with the Holy Spirit to change the world around them, they realize there's nothing our big, big God can't handle. Even with all of this, parents are asking for more. They're asking, how do we disciple our kids when we ourselves have never been discipled? That's why we're taking our Radiant Kids strategy one step further. The sad reality is 64% of young adults raised in church walk away from it. One of the main reasons is because although they grew up in church, they never turned the corner to develop a faith of their own. That is why I'm extremely excited to announce that this fall in Radiant Church, we are starting Epic Foundations for Kids. This Wednesday night experience is a place for our heroes and legends, those four years old through fifth grade, to build a faith of their own. In addition to making this the most epic night of their week with tons of games and prizes, we will be taking kids through the same questions of faith our parents are unpacking in Foundations. Questions like, who is God? What is truth? And can I trust my Bible? There will be weekly memory verses to support each of those answers, and they will find out for themselves what God's Word says about each topic by digging into the Bible in small groups. This generation of YouTube stars are truly producers, so we will be leaning into this strength and help them have the aha light bulb moment for themselves so they can share what they believe with others. 
Our prayer is that through Epic, kids will gain building blocks of faith so that when they get knocked down, they have the pieces they need to build back up again. Our Radiant Kids will have a firm foundation of faith that will serve as a springboard to change the world in Jesus' name. Come on, can you give God some praise what he's doing in Radiant Kids? Pastor Dealey and the team are amazing. Let me just give a couple recaps of what we're doing. First of all, we've upgraded our curriculum. We have the best, we are partnered with the best curriculum, I believe, in the nation, in the globe. It's called the Orange Curriculum, which is a partnership between parents and the church. So every single week, the kids are there. It builds on top of each other every week, and they're presenting the gospel every week. Second thing, our kids are going through the Bible in a year. So we started this last Sunday, and so you need to make sure your kids are part of this program. They need to become people that love and study God's word. Third thing is, I think we have the best dream team in the nation for our Radiant Kids, which by the way, I know a lot of them are serving right now in these services, but if you're attending this service right now and you serve on a Radiant Dream Team for kids, would you stand to your feet so I can see who you are? Look at so many of them across our campus. Come on, make them feel wild and crazy and awesome. Celebrate y'all. The best of the best of the best. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And lastly, your kids are going to have fun. And I'm telling you, I made this a priority. I was like, I got five kids. I want them to love church, and you better make it fun. And they do a good job with that. Let me just say this to all the parents, grandparents out there. The scriptures are very clear. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. So here's what that means. Write it down in your notes. If your kids are planted, the promise is they will prosper. They will prosper. So you want them to prosper, don't have them skip church, don't have them do their own thing. No, you get them planted in the house of God, they will prosper. And I need everybody's attention at all of our locations looking up at me right now, because I want to say this with all love, that there is a .0296% chance that your child will become a professional athlete. Some dad right now just said, so you're telling me there's a chance. But hear me out. There's a 100% chance that your child will stand before Jesus. So get them planted in the church. And I hope you hear that with all love and all conviction. Make this the priority of their life. Make it a consistent part of your life and watch how they will thrive. I want to invite our student team to come up on the stage. I love what God is doing in Radiant Youth. Love what God's doing here. And I just wanted to take a second because this generation, I worked for six years in student ministries, and I'm telling you, the way we're doing student ministries now is totally changed because the world has changed. And so I love Cody. I love the leadership that you're bringing to this. And we've got um, Adrian, and we've got Sophia, who goes by Socks, that's with us. And I'm telling you, these, these kids, they, they, they slap, if you ask me. Um, that's a rear, that, I totally lost all credibility right there. All right. Trying, trying, trying. All right, so Socks, I'm gonna start with you. Just give us a behind the scenes. What is it like to be a teenager today? Yeah, so being a teenager, we're full of energy. We have a lot of hope, but we also make lots of mistakes. But hopefully we're able to learn from them. But the reality is, is that we are struggling with temptations all throughout you know, our school and especially social media because we're always comparing ourselves. And about one in three uh, 
uh, three of us are dealing with anxiety because of the pressure of the world. That's unreal, and it's, it's true. I got to think that when I was growing up, social media wasn't a thing. And, I mean, you're living a life really on screens, comparing them. It's a big, big ordeal. And so, um, Adrian, talk to me. What, what, does, what do teenagers need right now? Well, two things that we need. We need limits and we need love. All right, now, listen. All right, now, the limits thing is the great Christian answer. But, uh, come on, be real with us. Like, is that the, really the case? We don't want them. <laughs> we need them. Yes, yes, that is the truth. That is the truth. So we also need to love through our discipleship, mm-hmm. encouragement, and patience. Because like Sock said, we make a lot of mistakes. Yes, okay. All right, so talk to us about your experience at Radiant Youth. Like, uh, what have you gotten out of it? Because how old are you both of you guys? I'm 16. 16, 16 years old. That's awesome. So talk to me. What are you getting out of Radiant Youth here, and what's happening through it? Yeah, so... Uh, since I've been coming to Radiant, my leaders, my mentors have always encouraged me to be basically who I am today. I'm the leader because of them. They've helped me grow. And this past Wednesday, I was able to lead um, and represent for First Priority, which is a club uh, or a Bible study um, in my school. And by the grace of God, 61 kids were able to sign up that day. Come on. Now, now did I hear this correctly? 16 years old, you're helping lead the way with your campus club. I'm telling you, this is what it's all about. That's a big deal. What about you? Well, the community, because you, as you see, we have the first three rows packed. It's, Come on, somebody. Those, those are some of my best friends I have in the whole world, and those become, can become lifelong friends. That is amazing. When I look at you guys, first of all, there's so much potential over both of y'all. And I look at my kids and I go, I hope my kids, and we're developing this so that my kids get to have the experience that you guys are having here. Planted in the house of God, they will prosper. Cody, thank you for your leadership. Kind of talk to parents, talk to grandparents out there. Uh, We all know some teenagers. What are they going to get out of Radiant Youth? Yeah, we are shifting our strategy going into the fall. Uh, We take that, that line that whoever spends the most time wins really seriously. And so we're trying to do a lot while keeping it simple. So September 14th, we're launching a midweek for Radiant Youth every single Wednesday night at all locations, not just here in South Tampa, but every single location, 6.30 to 8 o'clock Wednesday nights, we're gonna be meeting. Um, we're gonna have big events, big front doors, all those, those fun things. And then on, on Sundays, we're giving them an opportunity, uh, that opportunity is to use their gifts. And so we're asking all of them to get plugged into dream teams here on Sunday mornings, all across locations. So they're operating in their gifts, they're getting into community, and uh, there's more consistency. And so something we say is it's not youth ministry until the youth are doing the ministry. And so we're excited about what we're going into. So I just want you all to understand this because it's such a big change. It's a massive change. We were doing youth on Sunday mornings. Now we're saying we're not doing it on Sunday mornings. They're actually doing ministry on Sunday morning on the dream team. So we want all teenagers serving on our dream team. We'll get you plugged in. And then we are activating and starting on September the 14th 14th. at every location. And I just want to give Cody, his team credit. You know how it's a logistical nightmare to work on is launching not one, but six student ministries in three of the campuses are portable campuses. And we just know that this is an agenda that God has for reaching teenagers. So thank you guys. Can we give it for what God's doing in Radiant Youth? Love it. The Bible is very clear that if you will train up a child in the way that he should go, so it's not that he wants to go, but in the way that he should go, even when he's old, he will not depart from it. 
So I know some of y'all have 20, 30-year-olds right now. They've departed from the faith. And I want you to know, the promise is true. If you've raised them in the church, they will return to the way that you've raised them. So let's just keep believing, keep praying for it. Last thing I want to get into is just radiant young adults. We kind of put a pause on radiant adults um, during COVID and kind of stopped kind of our big initiative with that. I always had this opinion. I'm like, well, I'm young. I'm cool. I'm sure they'll just come to church. And, and, and we have a lot of young adults at our church, but... But that is not what's effective to reaching the tens of thousands of young adults, um, and especially on our college campuses. When I think of USF has 50,000 students. Um, we have Hillsborough Community College, another 50,000 students, another 10,000 or so right um, at the University of Tampa. We are just so many young adults are moving into the Tampa Bay area, and we've got to have a strategy to meet them, and we're the church to do it. So I'm super excited to say that we are rolling out a brand new young adults ministry, and it starts this Wednesday night with a worship gathering. It'll be at the Heights. We actually have four of these worship gatherings for the rest of the year. So it's August 31st, September 30th, October 28th, November 18th. And I'm telling you, if you know any 18 to 30 year olds, you need to get them to this because this is where they're going to find community. They're going to find connection and we're going to get them planted and they're going to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're going to see Gen Z one for Jesus. And I need to know who's with me church. Awesome. Let me give you some application and then we're going to close it out. I know most of our campuses today are, are baptizing students and kids at the end of this service. So I want to leave some time for it. But let me give you three things that everybody in our church needs to do as we take on this initiative to reaching Gen Z. And I think it's something that God's called you to do. Number one is I want you to pray for this generation. I want you to pray for this generation. We are a church that believes in pray first. Prayer is the first thing we do. It's our first response, not our last resort. And we need to, to combat the darkness in our community, combat the culture that's trying to take them and stay focused in prayer and go, you know what, we're gonna make it a point to pray for this next generation. One of the things I love so much about my parents, they did so many things well, one of them is that they made it a point to pray for me and my siblings every single day. I remember coming downstairs early in the morning. I was the early riser in our family. And I come down and every morning, it was my mom and my dad sitting there on their couch and they're doing their Bible time. They're praying for each of us. They had their little, their little prayer list and they would come and lay hands on me and, and pray for me. I went through some seriously dark days and when they wanted to lay hands like... <laughs> They were laying hands like prayer. I'm telling you, there's something about the power of prayer. And I'm telling you, if you will make it your point to pray for this next generation, praying for your kids, praying for your grandkids, praying for your neighbors, I'm telling you, it will make a difference. So what do we pray? Here's what you pray for them. You pray for them, number one, to experience the fear of the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that they're afraid of God. What it means, it's a massive respect for God. It's this, it's this awe, this fear of men, I don't want to mess up. God is real. God is, I have a consciousness of God in my life. And I want to live in such a way that I'm always trying to honor the Lord. And I'm telling you, I don't know how it happened, but I always grew up with this crazy fear of the Lord. I believe it was my parents prayed it over us. My pastor prayed it over us. That we just had this fear. I remember one time I stole some money from my parents. I was probably nine, ten years old. Took like, it was probably like ten dollars out of their, out of their um, top drawer. And I remember sitting there and I went through the whole day with this $10 and I could not enjoy the $10. Like I couldn't enjoy it. Come on, you church kids, you know what that was like, where you're walking around and you're just so, you're like so worried. And I remember going home even that day and looking around the house and nobody's there. And I was like, they all got raptured. I'm left behind the $10. It was because of the $10. I remember trying to go to sleep at night. I couldn't even sleep at night. I remember just thinking there, I'm going to go and stand before God and he's going to go, that was $10. 
It was bad theology, but man, it was good for me. It's good for me. We need to grow up with a fear of the Lord in our lives. And I'm telling you, I remember walking in my parents' bedroom that night and walking over and I go, I took this money and I'm all crying. And I'm, Why? Because I grew up with a fear of God. You need to teach it to your kids. The Bible says it this way. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. We need to have a reverence for God. I'm working on this with my kids. I got five of them and they're young and we do prayer around the dinner table at night and they're all trying to move around and make faces at each other. And I'm like, hey, kids, we, we take prayer seriously here. Like, it's a serious thing. We're talking to the God of the universe. We will, we will fear the Lord in our household. You gotta teach these things to him. And I'm telling you, pray it over them. Here's the second one. Pray for divine favor over your kids. They're surrounded by divine favor. That everywhere they go, they see the goodness of God in their life. And I, I don't know how it happened, but when I see me and my siblings and see the greatness of God over their life, I, I always point it back to, I had a mama praying for me. I had someone praying the divine favor that they're going to get into that school. They're going to have the, the right spouse. They're going to have the right job. There's something about divine favor. And it was through that divine favor that I understood the goodness of God. And it was the goodness of God that led me to repentance. Pray it over their life. I try to pray for my kids every single day. I miss some days. But um, I make a prayer list for them. And part of that prayer list is divine favor for, with their friends. And, and their, when it comes to their school, when it comes to, when it comes to anything in their life, I want them to experience the goodness of God. And here's the third one, which is so crucial. Pray for them to have godly friends and godly influences. Amen. Godly friends and godly influences. People uh, will talk to me often and say, I have a 20-year-old or a, 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 you know, a, this child is a teenager and they're away from the Lord. What do I do? And my response is always the same. Pray that the Lord will bring godly influences into their life. Because so many times you are focused on changing the wrong things. I write it down your notes this way. Don't focus on changing your teenager. Don't focus on it. It will not happen. So what you do is you focus on changing your teenager's community. That is why you need to get them to youth group every Wednesday night. And they go, well, I don't know anybody there. Get them there until they meet some people. Why? Because if their community changes, their life will change. I wrote it down this way. When their friends change, their future changes. So I tell it all the time, pray the divine relationships into their life. Every time my kids are in a season, I'm praying, God, bring that right friend, that right influence. It's the coach idea because you as a parent can say the thing over and over and over and over again, and they never get it. And it drives you nuts, doesn't it? And then they come home, they go, I have this crazy idea. And it's like, it's what you've been saying the entire time. You're like, why did you think that? Well, I just my friend said I should do that, or my coach said that, or, or the leader in my youth group said I should do that. Oh, man, that's the greatest idea ever. You're rolling your eyes thinking, I've been saying that for years. you got to have the right community speaking to their life. It is so, so crucial. Number two, not just pray for them. Number two, I want you to prioritize church. Yes. I want you to prioritize church. And I say this not because I want to build our church bigger than it is or want more people there. That is not what this is about. I want to look right at that camera and just say, you need to have your children in the house of God every single week. Like without fail, it doesn't matter how nice the weather is, how nice it is outside, how great the, 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 the water looks that you could go on your boat with, or what times the bucks play. I want you to know it is important that you raise your children in such a way that the house of God is the priority every single week. 
And I know COVID has thrown this off a little bit. So what we've created is we've become created a bunch of couch Christians that sit and watch online. And I'm not against online. I think it's helpful. But let me tell you what it's not helpful. It's not helpful in reaching this next generation. And you go, well, they're listening to a message. Let me tell you very clearly, they don't need to hear me preach. I think my messages are awesome. But my messages are not what's going to change your teenager's life. It's the community of the house of God. It's the presence of God during worship. It's the gathering of the saints together. It's the serving on the dream team. It's being part of the church. And I want you to hear this because what one generation finds optional, the next generation is going to find it unnecessary. And you go, that, that does, that slaps right there. And I'm telling you, here's what happens. There's a process in this where you are raised in the house of God, like I was, and it was not an option. I mean, telling you, the church was open. We have Sunday school, we go into church. We have a service, and it ain't no 70, 75 minute radiant church service. This is two, three hour services, and guess what? You're sitting there and you're taking notes. And guess what we're doing Sunday night? We got Sunday night church too. We're going back to that. That was my life, and then Wednesday night, it's like, oh, I want to play, I want to play, you know, basketball. Well, when, what time is practice, where, when is basketball practice? It's on Wednesday nights. I'm sorry, you can't play. Because our family goes to church on Wednesday nights. You go, well, that's straight. Raise them in the house of the Lord. Watch what happens. And because my parents made it so non-negotiable, I now realize how important it is for my life. So I don't care. We get to church on Sunday mornings. So my mom was sick. My dad was taking us to church. My dad's traveling on business. My mom's taking us to church. You get to church. And if, you, if they keep hearing your excuses for not showing up, and it says, well, I don't know anybody, and I don't know, I'm not connected, and, and I, don't, I don't know. Let me tell you, they're going to use those exact same excuses for their family and the generation to come. Make it a priority. The Bible says it this way. Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. Instead, bring them up in the discipline. In other words, we, we might not feel like it, but we do it because it's a discipline. And in the instruction of the Lord, we get our family into church. And they go, well, I just don't know if I like it. Let me tell you, Jesus prioritized church. He prioritized church. Luke chapter four, the Bible says he went up to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath, on, on their Sunday experience, look what he did. He went into church as was his custom. He's like, can you imagine you raising the, 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 the savior of the world? I don't need it. I already know everything. <laughs> Mary's grabbing him by the ear. You're getting into church right now. <laughs> I don't know if that happened theologically. I don't know how that works, but you got the idea. Let's close it with this one. And if you are a children or a youth that are getting baptized today, you can go out to the four. You can go get ready because I think we're going to do that in just a second. But number three, I'm going to close it out with number three. We're going to participate in developing this next generation. Participate in developing this next generation. Everybody can have a part in developing this next generation. I know there's some people and you've been praying for children. You've been believing God for it. And, and it hasn't happened yet. Use your time to develop this next generation. Watch how you invest in the lives of other people. God will invest in your life. So how do we participate? How do we do this? Number one, you be an example. Let me tell you, this generation is not interested in following perfection. They're interested in following pursuit. 
They're not drawn to perfection because they know it's so fake. They're grown up in the Instagram world where everything is fake. They know they know that perfection's fake. They want pursuit. They want passion. So let me tell you, you're not following me because I've got it all together. You're following me because I don't have it all together, but I know where to go to get it all together, and it's go to Jesus. So you follow me as I follow God, and I'm an example for you to follow. Here's the second one. You're going to be available. You're going to be available. You're going to make it a point to say, you know what? I present my life available for this next generation. If they're talking to you, put your phones down. Because there's something about the fact that TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, they are working overtime at getting their attention. So if they're working overtime at getting their attention, if that child or that teenager or that young adult will give you some attention, you better put everything else aside and say, I'm going to make the most of this moment right now. I'm going to be available for this moment right now. One of the best ways you can be available, and this is our quick plug as we close this thing out, is you need to join our dream team. And you need to be part of our Radiant students, our Radiant Youth Dream Team. And I'm believing today hundreds are going to sign up. Hundreds are going to say, I'm going to use my life for developing. And this isn't child care, by the way. This isn't like I'm babysitting on Sunday mornings. No, I am raising up the next generation of world changers in Jesus' name. And we're going to do our part. And I think there's a lot of you, maybe you served years ago and you stopped serving or you were connected before and you stopped. This is the best thing you do. And you go, well, I can't serve on Sundays. Then serve midweek for our midweek experience. And watch what happens when you invest in this next generation. Here's the third thing. And I just want to close it with this. Is I want you to speak life over them. This generation continually hears problem after problem after problem, issue after issue after issue. And I think from the church, they shouldn't hear that. They shouldn't hear how they're a problem. They should hear how they have the potential with God to do the incredibly amazing things that God has planned for their life. So I, I just want to speak over some young people today that have never heard what God says over them. And I just want you to know across this place today that, listen, you are not confused. There is a clear identity of what God has for you in Christ Jesus. I want you to know you're not abandoned at all. You are absolutely loved by God and loved by His church. You are not a follower. You are a leader in Christ Jesus. You are not a mistake. You are a masterpiece that is developed by God Himself. You are not weak. You have the Spirit of God in the inside of you. Nothing is impossible. And you are not stuck in your sins. Jesus saved you. His Spirit is transforming you. And the best is yet to come for your life. Can we give them some praise today, church? So why don't we do this? All over our locations, why don't we stand to our feet? Wow, what a moment. Parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, teachers, mentors, dream team. I want to pray for you right now because I know the pain. I know the heartache it is trying to do our best to raise this next generation. But here's the thing. God has never asked you to do a task in your own power. He's given us his spirit to equip us, to challenge us. And by the way, you don't have to do it alone. That's why we have the body of Christ. That's why our, our curriculum is called Orange because it's the partnership between the parent and the church. We have to do this thing together. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you. And then I'm going to close this out praying for wayward children. Maybe it's your, your children that are teenagers. Maybe they're young adults. Maybe they're grown and they're not following the Lord. We're going to pray and we're going to call them back in in Jesus' name. And we're going to believe prodigals are going to come home. Lord, I pray for the parents, grandparents, those who are doing their best right now. 
to raise this next generation. The dream teamers, the mentors, the teachers. We pray over them right now. Give them the power of your spirit to be an example, to be available, and to speak life over them. Lord, we never have a clue who's on the other side of those words, that, that time that we give them, but I pray that you would use us. Let us be a voice that can make a lasting difference in people's lives. We thank you for what you're going to do. Man, I feel such a burden for those. I don't want... I, I don't want you to be embarrassed about it, but you, you say, Aaron, I have a child or a grandchild and they're far from God right now. I just want you to pray for them. If that's you all over the place, raise a hand up to heaven right now. Raise a hand up to heaven. Come on, don't be ashamed. That's most of us. There's many of you that you're looking backwards and you're going, man, I just regret, I didn't raise them right. I didn't raise them in the church right. I didn't put, I didn't do that. Is there hope? And I want you to know there's hope in Jesus. There's hope in Jesus. And we continue to hear stories after story of 20 year old, 30 year old, 18 year old who's far from God, but by the power of the Spirit, the right friend comes around, the right mentor, the right moment, and their life has changed. I'm going to pray it over you right now. I'm going to believe God that that child is going to come back to faith. We're going to have a moment where that kid is going to get in a baptismal tank, even at 30-something years old, and say, I'm giving my life back to Christ. Lord, I pray over our church right now. I pray over those who have children who are far from you. Lord, I pray that you would draw them in by your spirit. Lord, that you would put the right friends in their life. Lord, would you awaken them to the fear of God, to the reality of eternity. Lord, would you awaken them right now to the fact that there's a calling and a destiny on their life. Lord, I pray that they would wake up even today with such a consciousness of God. Lord, such a reality of the presence of God in their life that it's unavoidable that they return to you. Lord, we pray for testimony after testimony of people who are far from you, that because of a praying mom, a praying dad, a praying aunt, a praying church, that they came back to their faith and their life is forever changed. You have not given up on them yet, God. We believe you for the salvation of our children. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody that believes it says, Oh my gosh, that messes me up. Man, I'm supposed to do a whole salvation call too on that. One last thing, group, close your eyes. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. God loves you. You're the one he's prayed for. You're the one that somebody else has has brought in here and God loves you and has a plan for your life right now. If that's you, submit your life to the Lord and just say, I'm going all in today, it's my day. Today's my day to go all in with God. If that's you, just throw a hand up all over Tampa Bay right now. Come on, that's you. You're going, I'm giving my life to Christ. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Man, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, this is your day of salvation. Let's all pray this prayer out loud and then our our hosts are gonna take it back at all of our campuses. Say, dear Jesus, today is my day to give my life to you. Thank you for dying for me. I make a decision to live for you for the rest of my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. 
In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, let's celebrate those who just made the best decision ever. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.